Hello, ladies. Jordan Lee here. I have a question for you. With all respect, are you a builder or a plucker? I assumed I was a builder, but as I progressed through 2020, I came to acknowledge I was plucking in different areas in my life. Most significantly, my home. Naturally so, that's why I dove into really looking to define what building and tearing down from a biblical perspective looks like and apply it in the practical. Hence, the Build Your House series was born. Today, I have the joy of partnering with my husband as we explore our experiences as parents in the year 2020 with a focus on uncovering our moments of building and plucking. In addition, to share the message that joy comes through the struggle. As Christians, we move from darkness into His marvelous light. To give you context, we are first-time parents with a now 20-month-old toddler. In the year of 2020, Shiloh started at 7 months and ended the year at 19 months. While 2020 will be known as the year of COVID-19, election year, continued racial injustice and unrest, 2020 for us as parents was a year where we watched Shiloh go from rocking to crawling, to standing, to walking, and now to running. From us assisting her feeds predominantly to now where she self-feeds. To where instruction meant nothing to nothing to now her responding and when she obeys complying positively to our instruction. A year of many park visits. A few family trips within our county obeying the rules and regulation of the authorities. And many family, friend, and church Zoom or FaceTime meetings. Not to mention her continually increasing vocabulary and ability to connect words with objects or living beings. While 2020 from the outside of our home and outside of the home and in our nation was filled with disruption to the norm, chaos all around and darkness, within our home we've seen God's hand in our earthly kingdom. We like to call home. So ladies, Buckle up, we are going to take you on our journey of building up our house together. Welcome to Holy Nurtured. I'm your host, Jordan Lee. Holy Nurtured is a podcast designed to educate, encourage, and empower women to be health advocates in their homes by providing content that nurtures the whole individual in a practical way. This podcast will help shed light on the simplicity of living a healthy lifestyle. While food and nutrition will be a predominant focus, living a wholly nurtured life demands attention to faith and body care as well. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Holy Nurtured Podcast, Norris, aka Daddy. How are you doing today? Are you excited to take a trip down memory lane? Memories, oh memories. Short-term memory or long-term memory? Depends. I am for sure. Now, babe, believe it or not, you inspired this in-between series. Now, I won't get into the story behind it all. As my husband knows, I am no storyteller. If anything, you can share the story. However, you told me sometimes you have to go back to move forward. Do you remember sharing this with me? Yes, I do. Um, 
few recently, what, about three months ago, uh, we had a where we we do a lot of smoothies and shakes in our home, and you know we we try to keep it very clean uh, when it comes to just the ingestion of food. And my wife's uh, ninja had broken, uh, blown up. It was through, <laughs> and uh, she was she was stressed about it, and caused more stress because she had to get a a a lesser version of it of the of the of the ninja, and that bothered her even more. Because it felt like to her she was taking a step back, particularly as her nutrition business has been growing. And so for her looking at it was like, hey, like, I, I thought, what was going on over here? And I tried to explain to her, I said, babe, sometimes you got to take a couple steps back, take a couple steps forward. When it came to the storage of the device, when it came to um, the universal uh, usage of the, the containers, um, all that was still intact. And so... Going forward, uh, she understood that, oh, wow, it really didn't affect me the way I thought it was going to affect me. Um, it didn't tear me down the way I thought it was going to tear me down. It actually built me up um, because it gave you understanding about what really need, what, what you really needed. Um, and so that was a beautiful moment. Yes, that experience led me to thinking as we now are in 18 days of January in the new year with a constantly evolving toddler what lessons have we learned as first-time parents? Specifically, from Shiloh's 20 months out of my cozy womb and what we can bring in as we, she moves closer to two and, God willing, soon into the role of big sister. I also thought this would be a more thorough and enjoyable experience to have the man, the myth, the legend, my partner in crime in raising our daughter join too. Now, the game plan today is we will play popcorn, where each of us will share a lesson we've learned and a corresponding experience. Because in her short time, I feel we have stories for a lifetime. Now, uh, let us start with the early days of, we like to joke around, to Shiloh's first few weeks. Nortz, it's on you. So, you know, bringing her home from the hospital, you know, she was nothing but a little bug. And, you know, everything, you know, you, you, when you're holding on, she's so small and just so precious and so, you know, in some guards frail. You know, she just came out of mama. And it was a lot of stress. Mm. You know, a lot of stress about just where things were placed. You know, uh, she's sitting up too high. You know, she laying the right way. Burping. Burping. <laughs> uh, that was the number one thing was the burping. Um, and so getting comfortable with the idea that at some point in our time, we had been in that same position. Mm -hmm. And because we didn't know who our parents were, obviously, because we don't remember them that way, but we knew that we had gotten to this point because someone took care of us. So we had to just kind of dial ourselves back and trust that God had placed Shiloh in our lives because we're responsible enough to take care of her. And so in that spiritual development, it allowed us personally to reduce our anxiety and our fear of us not being adequate parents. Wow. Amen. Man. <laughs> uh, personally, for me, that, that first handful of weeks to months really just kind of showed me what sacrifice really looks like and feels like as a, as a first-time mama. Um, 
as I shared in the, the prelude, we were talking a little bit about building and tearing of the house through this experience as parents. And one of the most significant experiences for me was the breastfeeding experience and how I had to build up in my faith to die to myself because Shiloh wanted to eat all the time. All the time. I felt like my shirt, <laughs> I should just cut my shirt off all day, every day because <laughs> she was eating. But I had to understand in order to grow as a mama, to grow in my faith as a believer, I have to learn and accept that dying to myself is just a part of life, to pick up the cross and, and to move forward. And so, but also in that experience with breastfeeding, having grace on myself, because this is a new experience for me, as well as obviously a new experience for Shiloh, who up until, up until being born, didn't have to work for her food. Which was, it's a crazy thing. You know, for me, the whole breastfeeding thing, um, I, I like to call it the nectar. That's <laughs> my little term for it. Um, because, you know, Shiloh's getting built up from it. And it was really, particularly as a young husband, you know, it's, it's I will admit, it's a bit challenging to see your wife um, be exposed that way. And I had to kind of recalibrate my mind and understand, like, this is family. Like, this is no offense to me. This is no, this is no, uh, nothing negative in that respect. But it was something that needed to happen so Shiloh could become the little baby, the little girl, the woman she needs to be. And that was something I had, I had to, to deal with. Yes. Um, for myself, I struggled with patience especially as months went on um, because laying down and like feeling like I didn't really have a life outside of feeding it and nurturing her. And so I had to realize that that was my new life. And instead of tearing down through complaining, through escaping to take showers or <laughs> whatever the case may be, um, just understanding that's where God has me. And, and I'm thankful for those rough seasons because today now where she feeds maybe twice in a day span. Maybe. I'm maybe. <laughs> I'm just so thankful that I did that because we were able to continue that breastfeeding journey from then and and, and still today and very thankful for, for my husband being a godly husband who in those times, especially when I would pump, um, say, Hey, are you praying? Because I struggled with the whole pumping experience in the beginning. I felt like I got nothing. It was just drops, <laughs> but he said to pray. And so that built me up. And, um, yeah, that, that's just kind of a little synopsis of the breastfeeding experience from, from my lens, from Norris's lens. Um, for those who do not know, we co-slept for a majority of that first year. Because the first first week, at least the first solid six months. The first, yeah, the first solid six months. Uh, that first <laughs> experience having Shallow home, she did not want to sleep in the bassinet, or more so, we as parents were honestly anxious and nervous because we weren't used to having a, a baby in our room making the little baby noises. We were concerned, <laughs> and so that 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 was my first my first thought. In well, that, for me as a father. Um, well, not even as a father, as just a, a, a man, I'm very protective, um, even to a fault sometimes. Um, and particularly when it comes to the women in my life, I'm very protective. My father instilled that into me at a very young age. And so for me, having a young daughter, it was very difficult for me to have her, even if it's only 10, 15 feet away from me, 
in a, in a spot. I couldn't really see her. I couldn't hear her. And so that would just rack my brain. I'm like, no, I have a right. I need her right here. You know, a lot of folks, hey, you may, you may roll over on the... No, and that, that, that never, we never even got... I Mama bar- didn't sleep. Yeah, we barely slept. <laughs> Not so much because, like, we didn't want to sleep. It's just, like, it's just... You get so anxious. You, you know, you want to make sure you hear every breath. Are they breathing? You know, I, I don't know how many times Jaber would laugh at me because I put my hand on her back or her belly or whatever it was. And <laughs> yeah, I, just wanted, I just wanted to feel that chest rise. I just wanted to feel it. And so it, it, it got to... A point where obviously the past, you know, from the four to like seven months, we got a little more comfortable. She, she, you know, she got out of the swaddle and, you know, she started to roll and now she's sleeping on her belly and she had her head to the side. And, and so we got a little more comfortable, like, oh, she's developing. Um, and so that helped ease our, our, the tension in our brain. And I think over time, we really had to activate our faith and trust in God, knowing that he is always present, always available, and always protecting his children. Mm -hmm. And so Shiloh was safe in her crib. Shiloh was safe with us. Um, Something that made me think is we would practice her in her bassinet during the day. So her naps, we would put her in her bassinet so that she would get familiar with it. And also we as parents would get familiar with her being in there. And so it's not a, a... 360 flip the switch we were gradual in our approach to her sleeping the bassinet gradual now in her approach to weaning and gradual in other areas because that's the best way to go in our opinion it works different for everybody else but for us um but uh something that i had to learn for myself in that first handful of months especially the first two weeks was knowing that uh, people would tell me Sleep when baby sleeps. Uh, this mama did not sleep when baby Man, sleeps. Man, you did not do that at all. You tried <laughs> to do everything it. in the world. I was like, okay, I'm going to feed her. I'm going to feed my husband. I'm going to clean this, do that. And I had to had to look myself in the mirror and say, I'm struggling with pride. You're still I struggling think, with that right I'm now. And I'm still struggling with it right now. Right now. <laughs> right now, which is uh, annoying. But, hey, this is, the, this is the real. This is the authenticity. Yep. This is the building. And... Um, yeah, that was that was my struggle. And when I put down my pride for a minute and realized, okay, I do actually need this thing called sleep, I did it. And it's still something I struggle with today, but by <laughs> the goodness of God, he's forgiven me. And I have a husband who continues to encourage me to do what I need to do to take care of my body. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was when when you have a child... You, you, there is a, there's a lot of assimilation. And so you have to acquiesce to the child's schedule. And I think that's one of the biggest things, particularly as, you know, we're college graduates, we're independent thinkers, and we like to move and we like to do things, we like to execute, we're precision and it's time management. With Shiloh in there, oh, I threw a wrench in all that. Woo. And so <laughs> you had, we had to kind of readjust, recalibrate to some degree and figure out, okay, we got to get her on a schedule. Not only are we getting her on a schedule, we're getting ourselves on a schedule, which ironically is conducive to our sensibilities because going through high school and particularly college, that's all it was, was schedule, 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 class, workout, eat, whatever. And so it, it, it's, it's funny how God orchestrated it and coordinated it to back to what we're actually very used to. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, as we've gone through this whole year or really now almost two, um, we're thriving in the situation versus surviving in the situation. Yes. 
another area that came to mind was significance of self-care. As you guys know, if you're regular listeners, I always talk about the importance of self-care, building up your mind, your body, and your spirit so that you can be effective as a believer in Christ, as a wife, as a mother, as a student. These things are important. And so uh, for me, I had to understand that self-care looks different as a wife, as a mother, as a single woman. And again, with Norris talking about the whole scheduling, making sure that fits within your schedule. I can't just leave and go to the coffee shop right now like I did back in my single days. I can't just meet up with friends. And understanding that, yes, you get self-care, but there's a balancing act to it. And with with a husband... You guys have to communicate and build each other up and understand that, okay, maybe today I'm just not going to get that self-care I want. Maybe I can't take a, a long, hot shower. But my husband had a long day at work, and John Wick 3 is out. <laughs> he needs that. And so just playing that, that uh, I guess, game of tug and war and understanding who needs what first. And I'm so thankful for a husband who, who recognizes my needs and We'll provide that. Um, what about you, Norris? Can you say anything about that? Well, you know, it always leads back to the to the biblical the biblical principle of a Proverbs thirty one wife, right? When it talks about the the wife being um, giving portions to the maidens and to the house to the house people, right? The only way you can give a portion is through management. You have to understand what each person needs, and so if you don't understand what each person needs, you won't be able to give that quote unquote portion. And so as my wife is describing, she started to better understand what my portion was. Yes, um, I needed, um, for me personally, I needed the space so I can digest my day because what we do for our income, what we do for our livelihood, we, we, we self-produce. Um, there's nothing behind what we're doing but our own uh, blood, sweat, and tears. We're, we're, we're the ones manufacturing all this. And so it, took, it takes a lot of energy and effort for me each day to do that. And so my wife kind of better understood and under, to understand how I needed to decompress because I'm always available to work. Like I, as soon as I get my little moment, I'm right back in it. I'm changing diapers. I'm, I'm, I'm wiping butts. I'm cooking food and I'm doing all those things. But I still needed that moment so I can so I can reflect on what went on. Because remember, my job as a husband is to till the land. I still have to tighten up all those bows before I can get back into the home. And so my wife better understood how to give me my portion, right? So she can, so she can get her portion. Mm-hmm. Give and take. No. <laughs> hey, hey, what is what it is? Uh, just for fun, Norris. Uh, what what are those things that you really enjoy nowadays for your self care? I know them, but as a father speaking to other fathers, what what are some things that uh, you do? You know, um, something I've I've gotten more inclined to is. Reading for pleasure, mm. um, where I used to read only informationally uh, to get to extract something per se. Um, now it's more, it's more about being in a quiet space because, like I said, back to the business that we run, the child that we're raising, you know, even our own relationship. There's sometimes be a lot of noise, and so, and that's not a, that's not a negative thing. It's just the reality. Um, and so at the time or at this time, I, I better understood to quiet my spirit, mm. to better calm myself so I can be the husband my wife needs. So I can be the father my daughter needs. So I can be the entrepreneur, the businessman that my clients need. And so 
it really, you know, a lot of times people hear self-care, they think selfish, and it's not the case. It's actually a selfless act so you can bring yourself back down to the world, right? Ten toes down, ten, you know, being grounded so you can better, so you can better operate in God's will of your life. Yes. I know uh, something for myself, those early days and even today are just long showers, essential oils, <laughs> steamy room, I smelling <laughs> <up in> there, <laughs> man. solo workouts. That's something I'm so thankful for my husband in those early days when you're just getting used to your, your postpartum body and you just want to get out and get a sweat in. He'd work right out workout routines and send me to the gym. And those were the best times for me. Um, back when you can go to 24 Back hour. when you can go to the gym. Um, pedicures back when you can go to the nail, nail salon. Um, and I know for my husband, he loves it. There's a place called Bagel Boys. His Sunday trips. Get his Bagel Boy. Call his, his best friend, David. Check in with Liam. Everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah. Another thing I think that was really important for us in this 2020 was the significance of game planning when it came to like nighttime routines, when it came to eating, park. What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, one of the things is um, when it talks about cleaving onto one another, it's more than just being in love. Right? Oh, we're, man. We're, we're in tandem together. We're a team. Um, and I, I joke, and, and, and sometimes when people hear this, particularly women, they get a little offended. Don't feel offended. But, you know, the husband is the head coach. But the wife is the point guard. She's an extension of the head coach. So she runs the plays that God has given me, right? The, the philosophy, the, 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 this is the headship. This is going back to Corinthians. The idea is that when we're, when we're communicating to each other, it's, it's to give peace to each other. And so I always use the term soft landing. So like, for example, if my wife has gone to work, uh, just, just give you a recent example. We just bought a new bed uh, just yesterday and Sunday the... 17th yeah um and my wife went to work that evening and the bed was coming between four and eight came right at four o'clock and so i wanted my wife to come home with the bed already set up everything out of the way so she can just come in take a shower feed shiloh and enjoy her bed there's a lot of inner workings that had to go into that that was the game plan and so for that to happen, and, and, and now this is back to what I mentioned her about the portions, it does go in reverse for the men too, because it allowed me when she got home to do what I wanted to do, which was allowed me to look at my stupid little ESPN stats, <laughs> stream some little videos. She's always clowning me about it so I can catch up on what I needed to catch up on. And so back to the tandem, we were working in tandem with each other. And so if that's if, if you don't really have that, and I'm not trying to be in anybody's relationship, but I, I, do, I do know from a team aspect, from, from just playing sports, that if we're not all on the same page, we ain't going to win the game. Yes, that, that's so true, Norris. Um, speaking of game planning, that, that, your game planning being the example for me it helps me see how I need to build our house up. Because when we don't game plan or you game plan and I don't, I show up. <laughs> which happens like James Harden overweight <laughs> you know. I show up to the game um, uh, I just had some pizza and I'm exhausted and I don't feel like uh, feeding Shiloh that's that's tearing down my house and so as a mama I have to go into the house coming from work focused on okay it's this time Shiloh needs to go down at this time and so game planning building the house 
I'm not tearing it down. Um, when it came to, came to sleeping, as we shared in the beginning, it was a little more rough. However, because of our game planning, that was an area that we had to both grow and build up in. Now, Shiloh sleeps on her own. No, no problem. problem. Yeah, she may argue if she doesn't want to go down for a handful of minutes, but because of our focused efforts and discipline in putting her down in her bed, making sure she has the resources, clean, clean and dry diaper, fed, it all worked out very well. Um, the last few things we're going to talk about, significance of, of agreement and uh, biblical instruction. Norris mentioned earlier that we both were athletes, and so discipline was something that is right up our alley. However, my struggle in an area that I definitely tore down the house a couple of times was not translating or transferring that same discipline I had as an athlete as a mother. And so um, for me, this is my first rodeo. For Norris, it's his first rodeo. When it comes to disciplining and instructing Shiloh, we both believe in, in the word of God. It's our sole authority that says that we need to raise Shiloh up in the way that she will go. So when she's old, she will not flee or not depart from the truth. And so that begins with discipline. Well, you know, as, to, to expound a little bit more on that, you know, when it says to train up a child in the way they should go, back to our athletic background, um, training means repetitions. So that requires consistency. Well, that also requires conviction. You got to believe in what you're saying, because if you don't believe it, you won't consistently do it. And if you don't consistently do it, there's no training. And so <clears throat> one of the things we had to be in agreement was how we're going to raise Shiloh when it comes to discipline, when it comes to uh, her food regimen, her sleep and all these things. And I don't want to sound too contemporary, but it's funny. I just listened to Justin Timberlake talking something about um, having they just had him and his wife Jessica Beale have their second child, and uh, I think Ellen DeGeneres was asking a question about you know how do you what's the parenting going on like, and he made a I thought it was a very glib comment was when you're when you have one child it's like a zone defense, right? So if you're familiar with football, right, it's it's covering an area, and when you have two children which we don't have right now, it's more like man to man, right? And so back to the whole zone defense, there's areas me and my wife have to cover. And there's things that we have to both take, take control of. I'm more the disciplinary in the house. However, it doesn't mean my wife doesn't discipline our child. My wife is the cook in the house, but doesn't mean I don't feed Shiloh. And so these, these aspects of agreement um, require um, conviction. Um, and then the passion, right, which which you, you get from the result of it, which allows you to practice it more. And so as we're going through our early stages of, of, of parenthood, if you will, we're starting to better understand that we need to be in agreement with each other because if we're not, that's where you have issues. Mm. And also another significant thing about the agreement is establishing boundaries with our family and friends, as well as even healthcare professionals because yes. <laughs> everyone has something to say Everybody. and not everything is conducive or fitting with our beliefs and the way of life that we want to live um, because as parents we set the culture and values of our home we understand that culture that we are cultivating may not be the same as our family and our friends and so 
Well, you know, the biggest thing is you got to look back at, at Matthew, the book of the gospel of Matthew, right? It says Christ brings division, right? And so he says son against father, mother against daughter. And so the, it's not to necessarily say that the house is divided. It's not USC versus UCLA per se, but it's, it's the idea that living for Christ. And so your family may not be living in Christ. And so you may have an uncle, a grandma, even mom or dad who aren't really living in Christ. So you have to take what they're saying with a grain of salt. Now, back to what I mentioned about the conviction. You have to make sure that the things that you're doing with your family, or if this is, remember, this is a Christian podcast, that you're doing things in Christ and that it's congruent and aligned with Christian biblical, uh, Christian biblical principles. If it's not, then that's where things get frayed. And so a lot of the tension, and my wife is talking about boundaries, so you can reduce the tension, you have to create biblical boundaries. And because remember, it says in, in Proverbs that if, even if <clears throat> um, it says that you walk and establish the ways of Christ and that God will even make your enemies be at peace with you. And so I'm not, you hear the enemy, you think parents, not necessarily, remember, we talk about spiritualness. Remember, we're all children of God, even, even before, right, your parents, right? God still says, honor your parents and your mother and your father. Shiloh has to honor us. But if we're not in Christ, Shiloh, you better do what you got to do. Um, and so back to what we said about boundaries is that the idea is to guard your heart. Mm. That's where the, the springs will. Yes, that's it where it from comes from. You have to guard yourself. You have to protect yourself. If you don't protect yourself, if you listen listening to this doctor over here and, you know, your mama over here talking about put some vinegar on it and uncle said, well, just put some whiskey on the thing. Put and some mayonnaise in her hair. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you, 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 that's, that's where the frustration comes from. And so back to the things we mentioned about consistency and the practices of, of discipline. If you're not doing those things, that's where the trouble is. And that's where the anxiety builds and that's where the tearing comes. And so I agree a hundred percent. Something that we had to, we experienced with our daughter Shiloh is the doctor visits. Those were the most frustrating things. All we were there was just to get her checkup, but they always had something to say because Shiloh is not the norm. Now, when it comes to norm, it's norm for us because we, both of us, we are very lean in physical appearance and very active. And so was our daughter supposed to be lean and very active. Yeah. And unfortunately, doctors do not operate in knowledge all the time. They operate in, they, they operate in knowledge. They don't, they operate in the knowledge, man-made knowledge, man-made old things and not Putting two and two together. Okay, her parents are this way. Um, this is the lifestyle that they live. I think what my wife is really trying to explain is they're not operating in wisdom. Wisdom, yes. And so that's the application of knowledge. And so, for example, <clears throat> we went in for a weigh-in for Shiloh. And as my wife mentioned before, my daughter's not the norm. Well, there's, there's a better definition is that she's not of the medical norm. My daughter was born at 37 weeks, which is actually term. But it is before her actual estimated due date. So she is a premature, a premature child. So in all her charts, she goes into the little premature charts. And so they have a, there's an 
And so when these doctors, back to their knowledge, when they see that, they come in with heightened intensity, right? They want to, oh, what's going on with the child? What's, is the baby okay? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Her teeth are growing. Her nails are growing. Her hair is growing. She's speaking. She's walking. She's lifting up her head. All these development things are actually happening. She's just a little thin. Well, back to what my wife said. We're both thin. So back to the application of knowledge. Now, back to what I mentioned about the doctor visit. So the lady that she's speaking to us is an Indian woman. This is not to disparage anybody in their culture or their race or their ethnicity, but it is to talk about when we talk about the application of knowledge. She mentioned to us, does Shala want to eat meat? Hold on. Shala's only at the time like 15, 16 months. We weren't, we're not planning on introducing meat to Shala to at least probably five, six, seven, eight years, whatever the case is, but it's going to be a while. But I thought it was strange that somebody who was Indian, Punjabi, was referring to meat because most of them are vegetarian. So I thought to myself, okay, you're not operating in knowledge. Thank you for the shot. Have a blessed day. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, honestly, that's all we have today. Um, before we conclude, I want to conclude on a light note. Uh, Norris, do you have anything that you are loving that Shiloh is doing now at the ripe age of 20 months? Well, I'm a sprinter, short sprinter. And seeing Shiloh runs tickles my heart and it is it just tells you that's in your dna (laughs) (laughs) because she is on the move boy and i just can't wait till she gets old enough we're gonna be running and training here we come olympics holla at your boy (laughs) uh when you said that norris it actually made me think about the kendrick lamar song uh dna um anyways anyways for me it was the sprints, but I'll go with my second, which is Shiloh's vocabulary. We've been reading books since she was, man, a week old. Yeah. And so it's really awesome to see her take the words tree, the words walk, train, train, uh, dog, roof, roof, like everything, and see that she is applying it to when she sees a tree. Oh, tree. When we go on a walk, walk. If we're not going on a walk, but she wants to walk, walk. And just to see that development, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And I thank God every single day just for her constant growth and just for her, her place and presence in our lives. Because I, I don't know about you, Norris, but I feel like a, a better woman and a more godly woman because God has blessed me with this role as, as mother and a wife. So. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us today on today's episode. I pray that it was a blessing to you, and I stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you, and God bless. God bless.